Hey everybody, welcome to September the 17th. This is Born on This Day. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio, and those are my parents you hear shouting in the background. <laughs> Just adding a little bit of color to your September 17th. Hope you're having a great day no matter what you're doing. Well, it's time to preen your feathers and warm up your singing voice, Bill, because today is National Pet Bird Day. It's true. Oh. It's true. Have you ever had a pet bird? I have. Yeah, I had a budgie years ago. Um, I had him for about four years. His name was Nicholas. I named him after my dad, Aww. who is still shouting. And uh, he, I had him for about four years, and then he died. Well, national. And he died right in front of me too, which was very upsetting. Oh my gosh! I'm 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 sorry yeah. about Nicholas the budgie. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I am. You're going to be and... sorry about Nicholas the father in a little bit too if he oh. doesn't stop shouting. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit more about National Pet Bird Day. It's sponsored every year by the Bird Enjoyment and Advantage Coalition. Coalition is spelt with a K so that it will spell beak. That's the Bird Enjoyment and Advantage Co Coalition. And it promotes safe, fun, and responsible bird ownership. Isn't that fantastic? I had a friend whose sister had it a parrot. It is fantastic. I had a friend who, whose sister had a parrot once. And uh, we went over there to play board games. He was house-sitting for her. And the parrot, um, one time they had the, the fire alarm battery had, uh, let, you know that noise that the fire alarm makes? That kind of noise. Um, every like five minutes or so. Well, the parrot had been left with that. So that parrot for the rest of its life made that noise like every 10 <laughs> minutes or so. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's the low battery uh, yeah. noise. Yeah. That's what that noise is. Everyone knows so when your it. Battery's, and it actually stresses me out whenever it happens, uh, you know, which is supposed to, it's supposed to make you want to change the battery. For some reason in my house, the battery always dies in the middle of the night. So it wakes me up. Oh, it wow. never happens during the day. <laughs> so if my bird did that, it would actually drive me insane. Like it would actually genuinely drive me out of my head. I spent yeah. about three hours at this house and I was done hearing it by the end. I couldn't imagine <laughs> living with this poor That's parrot. Funny. And they live, they live a long, long time. That's so funny. <laughs> People yeah. born on September 17th are said to be strong, tough, and determined individuals with a clear sense of right and wrong. They possess a heroic spirit, courage, stamina, and they are not fearing of hard work. In fact, they can easily take on tasks that make others cringe and perform them with very little effort. Let's see if we have some people that took on roles that made others cringe today. Let's see. Kyle Chandler had one of his first major roles on eight episodes of Tour of Duty in 1990. I remember that show. I had no idea he was on it. Mm -hmm. But his name recognition didn't rise until more recently with his stint on Grey's Anatomy, which was followed by his playing Eric Taylor on the series Friday Night Lights, for which he won an Emmy Award. He then appeared in the films The Kingdom, Zero Dark Thirty, Super 8, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Manchester by the Sea, then landed the lead on the Netflix series Bloodline, for which he was nominated for two more Emmys. He was born on this day in Buffalo, New York in 1965. Mina Masood has been appearing on television since the shows Poser and The 99 in 2011, followed by Cut to the Chase, Open Heart, and episodes of Jack Ryan before landing the lead in Guy Ritchie's live-action adaptation of the Disney classic Aladdin in 2019. And he was raised in Markham, Ontario, but was born in Cairo on this day in 1991. All right, so this is probably my favorite person on the list, Amanda. 
Cassandra Peterson became the youngest showgirl in Las Vegas history when she began performing at the age of 17, but Elvis Presley advised her to pursue a career as a singer and actor, and she did, appearing in Fellini's Roma and an episode of Happy Days before landing the job that would make her famous. She auditioned for the show Movie Macabre and became its host under the name Elvira, decked in a slinky black dress and outrageous makeup to introduce late-night classic horror movies. She has since starred as Elvira in movies, including the very funny Elvira Mistress of the Dark, and has turned the character into a global brand. As a child, she was badly scalded by boiling water and almost died, and to this day her clothing is generally designed to hide her scars that exist after 17 skin graft operations. She says she was bullied a lot as a kid because of her scars, and Elvira is there as a role model for anyone who feels they don't fit in. She was born on this day in Manhattan, Kansas, in 1951. I did not know that about all mm. of her burns. That yep. is fascinating. But the fact that she was a showgirl with all yep. of those burns, because usually you have to show a lot of skin. Yeah, makeup, that. a lot of makeup and uh, careful costume design. That's her yeah. calling, actually, right now yeah. in the background. She wanted to tell us that she was also, <laughs> she was also in the the Groundlings, wasn't she? I thought I, I thought she was in the Groundlings. Someone told me that's that once. very likely true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. John Ritter was the son of Western movie star Tex Ritter and began his own career in the late '60s, appearing in the Disney film The Barefoot Executive with Kurt Russell before a stint on The Waltons in the mid '70s. In 1976, he took the lead role of a show whose success would make it his most famous association as Jack Tripper on Three's Company, for which he did win an Emmy and a Golden Globe. He followed it with a short-lived spinoff series, Three's a Crowd, who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't forget that? I remember Three's yeah, a Crowd. Sucked. Before going on to a number yeah. of films, including Skin Deep, Problem Child, and Swing Sling Blade, rather, and the shows Hooperman, Hearts of Fire, and of course appearances on Ally McBeal and Felicity. In 2003, he was taken ill on the set of Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, which I never watched, but people did love. And wrongly, they thought he had Me had neither, yeah. a heart attack. I remember this so well. He later had surgery for an aortic dissection, a previously undisclosed tearing of the aortic wall and unfortunately he died 60 short of just his 55th birthday oh heartbreaking he was born on this day in burbank california in 1948 and his son is what's his name jason ritter jason ritter but on i always Parenthood. get him mixed up yes i always get him mixed up with uh yeah. colin hanks to me they're the same actor which they're not <laughs> no no colin hanks is dull uh jason ritter is he's not as cute as his dad was when he was young but he has the same he's exactly the same type he's mm. in the same category mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like that kind of cuteness mm -hmm. uh, and also very talented Paul Feig won $29,000 on the $25,000 pyramid in 1985 and used it to finance a stand-up comedy career. Then he later came to prominence as the creator of the show Freaks and Geeks, then later directed episodes of Arrested Development, Nurse Jackie, and The Office, before scoring a major success at the box office with the comedy blockbuster Bridesmaids, starring Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. He continued to work with McCarthy on the film's Heat, Spy, and Ghostbusters. More recently, he directed the thriller A Simple Favor and the Emma Thompson comedy Last Christmas. He was born on this day in Mount Clements, Michigan in 1962. And I should say it's called The Heat. 
Was Last Christmas a comedy? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I was enjoying it, and then we got to the twist, and I was yeah. like, what? It was That is the most overworked script yeah, I have I ever watched. It's like, clearly you sat on this thing for a solid five to eight years, and you just yeah. kept adding stuff in. And then you're like, how do we work in a, an anti-Trump <laughs> message? How do we yeah, work in I am- a... <laughs> pro-immigrant message. I am loath to say any cri- anything critical of Emma Thompson because I worship the very ground she walks on, but that film, uh, yeah, it had its moments, but it was not great. You know when you go to the script reading of somebody you so respect, and then you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, where you're like... Like, I, anyone have any notes? And you're like, no, no, I'm great. <laughs> like, if you pitched this to me at a dinner party, I would... I three glasses of wine in, I'd be like, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to see it. But then when you hear the script, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it got so overworked. But uh, you know what? It was probably the last film I saw in a theater. So for that, I I miss it and loved it. Yeah, yeah. I love um, our next celebration. Wow, this is quite a day. Um, Me too. I Me too. love this person so much. She is. Um, she's in one of my all-time favorite movies. Anyway, Anne Bancroft started appearing on television and film in the early 50s, but found the material flimsy. Whoa, what a problem to have. And went back to New York to do theater. Yeah, me too. I just sometimes find that the work that I'm offered is <laughs> flimsy. And so then I just have yeah. to take a theater contract. After her performance as Annie Sullivan in The Miracle Worker won her a Tony Award, she was cast in the film version, and then she won an Oscar for it as well for Best Actress, which then led to an impressive career in films, including further Oscar nominations for The Pumpkin Eater, her very iconic role as Mrs. Robinson in The Graduate, made even more famous by Simon and Garfunkel's soundtrack. My favorite movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Turning Point. And, of course, in Agnes of God. She was married to Mel Brooks until her death in 2005 at the age of 73, appearing in a number of films he produced, including To Be or Not To Be and The Elephant Man. Her last film was the comedy Heartbreakers with Sigourney Reaver, and her last appearance was an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm as herself. She was born Anna Maria Luisa Italiano on this day in the Bronx in 1931. And we miss her, and she was born on this day. She was greatness itself. She mm-hmm. was so, so great. Mm-hmm. However, I am shocked. This is the second time you've mentioned it. I have seen The Turning Point once, and I can't say that I think much of it. But maybe you saw it. You wanted to be a ballerina as a kid. I think that's why you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't think I... it's a particularly bad movie. I'm just not really a huge fan of it and now folks it's time for amanda and bill's deep dive today (laughs) led by amanda let me go through the movies that i watched a million times as a child because of my love of ballet and my desire to be a ballet dancer we'll start with the aforementioned Mm -hmm. the turning point then we're going to get in they're all random then we're going to get into six weeks which started which starred um dudley moore and mary tyler moore as a couple Yep, the height difference was uh, The Red Shoes? Uh, Nope, didn't care. I watched it, didn't love it. Um, And then I just, uh, White Knights, also huge fan of White Knights. Okay, of course. Gregory Hines and Barishnikov. Um, And then, Mm -hmm. uh, what are some other ones? The Unfinished Dance with Sid Charisse. 
No, I do love Citrice, but no. Uh, no, that's, we'll leave it at that. That was the, the film is great. <laughs> those, were, those were the three. And uh, I also watched a lot of PBS uh, versions of The Nutcracker, of Sleeping Beauty. Of I would listen to The Nutcracker in my Walkman in July. I'd be in the minivan, the hot minivan in July, listening to The Nutcracker. I was obsessed with the Nutcracker, I was mm. obsessed with ballet. Guys, it never happened for me. <laughs> so your hatred of Black Swan makes a lot more sense to me now, given that you were approaching it from the point of view of a ballet fan. No, given that I'm approaching it from the point of view as a feminist, but I will tag you in my recent po- my, my post, because I keep meaning to do that and I keep forgetting. <laughs> While you do the next thing, I will tag oh. you in, in my top 10 things I hate about right. Black Swan. <laughs> All right. Well, not as lovable as uh, Anne Bancroft, Brian Singer had early success as a director when his second film, The Usual Suspects, won two Academy Awards. Then with the first X-Men film in 2000, he established himself as one of the most successful directors of superhero films. Allegations of sexual abuse of minors have swirled around throughout his entire career, but have yet to stick. While his reportedly poor relationship with the cast of Bohemian Rhapsody saw him fired from the project before it was finished shooting, at which point the producers brought Rocketman director Dexter Fletcher to complete the last few weeks. The film was nominated for a Best Picture Oscar, but its director was not cited in his category, nor did the advertising campaign include his name. He is the cousin of Footloose actress Laurie Singer and was born on this day in New York City in 1965. And what do what what people say about him? That he molested a bunch of boys? And that there was are him? a lot of stories about young men being invited to pool parties at Brian Singer's house. Um, and the reason why they haven't stuck is because he directs like superhero movies, which means he always has a studio behind him who mm. will throw as much cash as possible at the problem to make it go away in order to make sure that there are no problems with the release of those films. Crazy to think too. I allegedly. Didn't I, I didn't yeah. really. Yeah. All allegedly. Um, this is all nothing that TMZ hasn't said, but um, <laughs> he, I didn't realize he was kind of the one that, um, made Kevin Spacey, like gave him his, his big role as Kaiser Sose in Usual Suspects. Yes. Crazy. Although despite what a great narrative that makes, I think it's just pure coincidence that they're also both complete leches. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, yeah. here's a name I only just recently heard about uh, in a book that Bill and I recommend, which is Ileana Douglas's um, I Blame Dennis Hopper. Roddy McDowell was a rare case of a child actor having a lengthy career in Hollywood, beginning as a youngster in the Oscar-winning How Green Was My Valley in 1941, then later playing opposite Elizabeth Taylor and Cleopatra in the films The Greatest Story Ever Told, That Darn Cat, and Inside Daisy Clover, though to his final years playing the voice of Snowball on Pinky and the Brain and the Mad Hatter on the animated Batman series. That is quite a career. He also had a very successful career as a photographer and was born on this day in London in 1928. He died in 1998 at the age of 70. And I'm reading your Black Swan list and I do completely agree with you, but I still think it's a great movie. <laughs> I saw it uh, two or three years after, at least after the fact. Like I saw it, I saw it on a plane in a vacuum and I was like, did this right. movie win an Oscar? So I wrote this whole thing about it on the plane and then it didn't, of course, go live until I touchdown and it was like oh man it won oscars anyway 
<laughs> well, one Oscar for her. Uh, but yeah, there's a grandeur to its ridiculousness that I really love. You know, uh, seeing it in the theater was a very exciting experience. But anyway. Baz Luhrmann's debut film, Strictly Ballroom, was a low-budget curiosity in Australia that ended up finding popularity around the world, leading to the success of his much bigger projects later on, including Romeo and Juliet, Australia, The Great Gatsby, and most successfully, Moulin Rouge, which he has also adapted as a stage musical. His current project about Elvis Presley has been interrupted by the coronavirus. It was while shooting this that Tom Hanks contracted it. But apparently they are back in action because Tom Hanks is currently in a quarantine in Australia right now. Lorman is married to production and costume designer Catherine Martin, who has won four Oscars for her work on his films, and he was born on this day in Sydney, Australia in 1962. Strictly Ballroom was a movie that uh, in the late 90s I I rented like once a week like i would just go it's and rent so good it how can you not and it's watch so good. it i haven't watched it since that time in my life but mm-hmm. there were certain movies that in university my fourth year of university i just kept renting them over and over stealing beauty was another one but Aww. strictly ballroom man Aww. i i couldn't stop okay. watching it well it's uh, i still have not seen a film of his that i've liked more i i just loved that movie so much i have to watch it again because i don't really remember it very well other than i remember yeah. absolutely loving it and the time that it was made too and don't you know? look up what paul mercurio looks like now just don't do it okay <laughs> well you can look up neil blomkamp um who is the south african filmmaker whose imaginative district nine yes was nominated for best picture oscars great film and put him on the map leading to his directing the films elysium Oh, I didn't realize he did Elysium and Chappie. He was born on this day in Johannesburg in 1979. Once you see James Urbaniak, you'll never forget him. He's one of the most memorable and talented character actors out there, starting with his first film, Henry Fool by Hal Hartley, through to his roles in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind as the shoe salesman with the foot fetish on Sex in the City and the show Difficult People. He was born on this day in Bayonne, New Jersey in 1963. Lupe Ontiveros is probably best known as the cleaning lady that Jack Nicholson is rude to in As Good As It Gets, but her career in film and theater goes back decades. One of her first notable film roles was in the Oscar-nominated drama El Norte, plus she was nominated for an Emmy Award for Desperate Housewives and won the National Board of Review Award for Chuck and Buck. She was born on this day in El Paso, Texas in 1942. She died in 2012 of liver cancer at the age of 69. She was great. Dolores Costello was the silent screen beauty who appeared in a number of films in the teens and 20s, then took time off to have her children before divorcing her alcoholic husband, John Barrymore, returning to work in the mid-30s in the film Little Lord Fauntleroy. Her appearance was reportedly ruined by the harsh makeup of the early film years, and by 1943 she decided to retire from films for good, making her last appearance in the 1943 war morale booster This is the Army. She was the grandmother of actress Drew Barrymore and was born on this day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1903. She died in 1979 at the age of 75. 
Hiram King, better known as Hank Williams, was born today in 1923 in Butler County, Alabama. He was an American singer-songwriter and musician regarded as one of the most significant and influential American singers and songwriters of the 20th century. Williams recorded 35 singles, five that were released posthumously, that reached the top 10 of the Billboard Country and Western bestsellers chart, including 11 that ranked number one. And he was born on this day. I hear that lonesome whippoorwill. It sounds too blue to fly. You have the voice the of an angel. is riding low. I'm so lonesome I could cry. I don't remember the words. Sorry, oh. everyone. Okay. You're my pet bird on pet bird day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last but not least, Rita Rudner is the very funny performer best known for her stand-up work, including a number of very successful comedy specials. She also co-wrote and starred in the Kenneth Branagh film Peter's Friends, has published a number of books, and has been on the writing staff for the Oscars three times. She was born on this day in Miami, Florida in 1953. Bill, you want to sing us out? Um, I don't know any other Hank Williams songs. <laughs> Did Rita Rudner sing anything? That's a beautiful way to end our show today. Today was September 17th. This is Born on This Day. I'm Amanda Barker. And I'm Bill Antonio. See you all tomorrow.